Sup, I'm Logan, and it's Thursday at 11, which means you're listening to Multiversal on Weagle 91.1 Auburn. Multiversal is a show where we talk about comics. So for the next two hours, I will be talking about comic book news, reviews, movies, TV shows, and more. With anybody from around the multiverse able to pop in, you won't want to miss it. So sit back, relax, and let me be your Multiversal tour guide. Yo, 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 welcome to this new episode of Multiversal, episode three. Today I'm going to go into a little bit of topics. I don't know we have much news for the week, so I don't think I'm going to go into that. But I am going to go into everything you need to know, comic book-wise, on the Batman before it comes out next Friday. And after Oscar Isaac's offhanded comment about Moon Knight being the first real character study since Iron Man, which I wholeheartedly disagree with. Because if Iron Man's character study, then Captain America um, Winter Soldier is, and some others. But I am going to go into the best comic book character studies, and probably I'm going to tell you the best ways you can get into reading comic books. So stay back and relax. <laughs> a little bit of soundboard action there. So first, I think we're going to go ahead and hit into the Batman reveal. Um, what you need to know before going in. The Batman, of course, coming out next Friday, March 4th, starring Robert Pattinson, Colin Farrell as the Penguin, Rob Pattinson the Batman, Zoe Kravitz as Catwoman, Paul Dano as the Riddler, which looks like he's taking much inspiration from the Zodiac Killer. I'm very excited about that, if I'm being honest. There's rumored to be, I'm very excited about that, if I'm being honest, because of, I like, I, I think the Riddler's one of my favorite Batman villains. I think he's underrated. I don't think he's used to the best of his ability. I like the guy that's like possibly outsmart Batman instead of just being more brute force or like the Joker, not really outsmarting him, being so unpredictable he can't, you know predict his next moves and stuff like that. So I like the idea of that, especially with the Zodiac inspiration. They're trying to make it more realistic, just like they did in The Dark Knight, it looks like. A little bit more comic booky, but still keeping that realism factor. And so making him very similar to famous serial killers and the Zodiac killers specifically is a cool concept. I like all the hints. I like the trailers that we already found out that he knows who Bruce Wayne is, which is a neat touch because... Obviously, the Riddler would find out who Batman is. He is the one in the comics who does find out who Batman is in Hush and other books. But I like that touch. There's rumored that the Joker is going to appear in this movie. I could it'd be cool to see him, but I really could care less because ultimately, I like the Joker a lot, his character. I like a lot of the books I read with him, but I feel like we've gotten a very much oversaturation of Joker in the last... 10 years since Heath Ledger's portrayal. You know, we had him as Heath Ledger. We had him in all the Arkham games, basically the main antagonist. Even after death, we had to deal with him in uh, Arkham Knight. There's been the three Jokers event, Joker War, the last couple of years in the comics, plus everything that happens in the great run by uh, Scott Snyder with, you know, Death in the Family and Endgame. On top of that, which is a double Joker event, and your 10 
issues. You have a double Joker event and two of them, you know. Like, it's a little oversaturated. Plus, of course, I, I loved Walking Phoenix's portrayal, but still, that and the crap fest that was Jared Leto as Joker was... Obviously, I really did not like that portrayal that much. So, I'm, if we get Joker, it's rumored to be played by... Uh, we're keeping the trend of me forgetting actors' names. He play, he's been in Eternals. He played Druid. He was in Chernobyl. Uh, why am I drawing a blank here? Um, is He's been in a ton of stuff. He's been in Dunkirk. I know his face. I just don't know the name. What's the name? <laughs> Barry Keoghan is what's rumored. I've seen a lot on the comic book pages that He's supposed to, he is in the movie confirmed, and the rumor is that he will be playing a Joker, I think, in jail already at the start of this. But anyway, let's keep going to actually what you need to know for this film. Um, it's very much, I'm pretty sure it's set in Batman's, Rob Patton's Batman, second year as Batman. You're going to get to see the influence of him on Gotham City. I like the way they're playing that up with, like, yeah. You're Batman, but like you do as Bruce Wayne, you do absolutely nothing for city. People don't like you, you know. The cops don't like him. They're like, like you know, he's obviously even though he's helping as Batman or at least attempting to, in his own sort of way, he's not really attempting to help as Bruce Wayne and to expel that evil from coming back over and over and over again. I always like that concept whenever I read Batman comics. I like that he has to fight it on both sides. It's very much like a Daredevil esque you know, fight. Because originally, they just wrote Batman as, oh, you know, I'm going to fight him as, you know, Bruce Wayne will fight them as Batman. He does nothing as Bruce Wayne, even though he has millions and millions and millions of dollars, or billions, I think he's a billionaire, to invest back into the city. But yet, he never does it until, like, most recent years he started to do it. with more like Batman Incorporated stuff. Sort of invest back more in Gotham and invest Batman over the world. And especially in... Scott Snyder run, maybe my favorite run on Batman. I've read it all. He does invest back at the start and like throughout the thing, throughout the books, he is trying to invest back in the Gotham to to make it clean, to try to rid it from most crime. You know, at least the attempt. You know, I mean, he probably isn't going to succeed because if he does, then why would we be reading the book? But like at least attempt. Like it just feels like a very weird plot hole to have. That have been said inspire this comic that has been said by Matt Reeves as I've heard and I'm, I'm confirmed I'm pretty sure there's others but the two that I said is year two Batman year two which is released after year one by Frank Miller which I have not read but it supposedly has Batman trying to work more with the police and become more of a presence um while fighting uh undisclosed killer it doesn't take inspiration as in the plot but it takes inspiration as in the themes of the movie and the other, which I have read and own, is Batman Ego, written by the late, great Darwin Cook. I'll get into him later in the show when I get on to my character introspectives. But that book deals with the fact that Batman is almost like an entity Bruce has to deal with. And like, how much is he going to lose himself to Batman? How much, where does the beast end and Bruce Wayne start? Is he just Batman or is he Bruce Wayne? Which one is he as a side or was he a little bit of both? It's a very interesting book. I won't say it's like one of the greatest Batman tales ever written, but it is. it would be something that the theme of that would be great to add into a movie like this. It's a very interesting, it's an interesting read if you can pick it up. Um, 
I don't know if it's on. I know you can buy it physically for pretty cheap. I'm pretty sure I bought it from a comic book. I know about my copy from a comic book store for like 20 bucks, maybe not even that. And that includes, because mostly the ego story itself is a very short story. Um, there's not a lot to it other than like, it's like a one issue story. And mainly the book, it says Batman Ego and Other Tales, which really includes, you know, um, the book includes, I can't look up comicsology right now because for some reason I have not logged into my new account. Well, I was going to look up to see if it was on there for Unlimited, but we'll check that later, maybe during the break. But it's a very short story. I mean, it's a quick read. I would recommend if you if you have it or you can get it for free, somehow not illegally, buy it if you can, or get it on Comixology or DC Unlimited. It's, it's a fun read to read before the Batman and kind of get those themes. Um, those are the two that are out the gate. He, um, Matt Reeves has said that he has taken influences from other movies, such as, uh, what is it? He's taken more in from like the 90s, kind of Nirvana. He says he's taken influences from, um, other than just the straight up Batman stories. He's taken influences from movies such as Chinatown from 1976, as part of like the crime aspect of it, as a neo noir film. He's also taken influences from The French Connection. Um, a lot of the 70s grounded stories, which you kind of see. Like, if you watch the trailers, it's very much, you can see the inspiration from these, like, late 70s crime films onto what is now the Batman. But other comics that also inspire it, which I have definitely seen inspiration from, is obviously year one. Um, I feel like if you're going to do a sort of Batman early years Batman and you're not going to use year one, what's wrong with you because year one is one of, if not the greatest Batman story ever written. In my personal opinion is up there for me. It's maybe number two. Um, it really, that is also part of my character study comics. It's a perfect Batman character study as for at least a young Batman as Bruce Wayne, as you can see his mindset and how he goes around crime, how he learns to be Batman and his decision and almost like having to soft himself up and learn in the fight because he has a fight not only against you know the the crime of the city but he's fighting against a fully corrupted city at this point so he's fighting against the police forces and stuff like that i mean it is one of the most influential books for batman ever created of course because it was written by the late by the great frank miller he's still alive thankfully who has written many, many, many great character studies, just character books in general. He's met, left his mark on both Batman and Daredevil to like the means that no one will ever touch by not only writing, you know, Year One, but the Great Dark Knight Returns, which I think is it's pretty, it's really good. I don't know if it's as for me as high as praise as people give it. Some people say it's the greatest graphic novel of all time, or the and definitely the greatest Batman. Which personally. I don't really like his art as much in that. It's just I think it's a little it's a little ugly to me. <laughs> and you can definitely see like as he goes down the line he writes like the sequels to Dark Knight Returns, it definitely gets even murkier. Um I've read both the sequels and but the sequel and the third one they're nowhere near as good as the first one and the first one's 
It's good. It has some moments that are like, why is this here? Some a little, but it's about, you know, this kind of dystopian future with Batman as Bruce Wayne is retired. He's like 56 years old and he ends up getting brought back after this gang comes out called the Mutants. Or just like, basically, Gotham is turned into a crap hole again. And he has to redon the suit. But this time he's older. He has to be more methodical about the way he moves or he's going to get beat up and stuff like that. You also get to see the iconic Batman or Superman fight that everyone quotes from. That was given direct inspiration. And the awful Batman vs. Superman. Again, I'm telling you, one of these days I'm going to get people on and we're going to discuss that film. Because it is very divisive around the Weagle offices. But definitely, you can definitely see in the new The Batman film a lot of influences from year one. I'm going to get into more influences later. But I think we're going to go ahead and head to our first ad break. We are back and we're going to talk about more Batman influences. Now, there's definitely... I mentioned... Year one last. I still couldn't look it up. I'm still trying to log into my comicsology. We're going to get in that later in the show. But um, definitely year one, big influence. Another one that I say is a big influence, especially since they're doing year two, is partially Long Halloween. Because in this film, I think Matthew Reeves may have mentioned it, but we're going to have Falcone, which the Falcone crime family, of course, notorious for those issues of Long Halloween. They are the centerpiece. They are the ones that keep the ball rolling. Um, yeah, and and the Riddler influence, I don't know if really they're taking much Riddler from the Long Halloween, but I definitely see the influence there and the influence of Batman as like learning how to be Batman and kind of learning how much he can, how far he can go and the relationship with Gordon. It's definitely there in the Long Halloween which I think is going to be developed in this movie, and definitely the crime family aspect of it is definitely. But those, which, again, another great character in, um, character study in Long Halloween. Not really Batman. I mean, there is a decent character study for Batman, but it's a great character study of Harvey Dent. It is my sec- my favorite um, Batman comic all time, like my third favorite comic all time. I think I mentioned it before. Um, I'll give a little bit more of uh, spoilers now. You get to see Harvey Dent become Two-Face. It has, it has influenced films such as The Dark Knight, as in the whole Two-Face arc there, and definitely with the Joker. Um, but, yeah, if you do yourself a favor, it's on Comixology. I know that one is. It is a great book. Um, you could probably find it. I know I bought it for like 20 bucks, 25 maybe. Um, a long time ago, and I rebought it for like ten bucks at a Ollie's, Be- and it was like a black and white noir version hardcover. The other one was like a regular flat cover, which both I have both versions now because I, it, it is one of my favorite books. I've read it a good ten times. It has a sequel called Dark Victory, which is also great, written by the great Tim Sale and Jeff Loeb, who do an amazing job at whatever they touch. Who I will get to later on the show because they are. If you want to talk about character studies they are the kings of character studies about writing books about this and stuff like that um another influence especially on the riddler aspect in the early batman is zero year so a lot of batman writers have wanted to go and put their own spin on batman you know they want to 
they want to have their own, or, you know, they don't want to change the origin of Batman, obviously, but they want to, you know, they want to have, um, they want to have their own version of, like, not really, like, the origin, but, like, stuff, like, after Batman, you know, when he comes back to Gotham kind of thing. And so, Snyder's, when he did his run, he had... 12, I think it was like either 10 or 12 issues of his whole run was Zero Year, which is one of my favorite origins for Batman ever. Um, I think it's just, I think it was done great. It tells the story of when you start, Batman's not, re- he like, he becomes Batman in this book. Like, he starts out as more of like a kind of James Bond espionage-esque um, guy, ends up fighting an early version of the Joker when he's not really the Joker, when he's just some crime guy. He ends up, um, the Riddler, I'm pretty sure works for the police department in this book, which might be similar in the movie. Um, he ends up becoming Batman and fighting this early villain called, I think, Dr. Death. And during their climactic fight, they both fall off of a blimp, and Batman gets knocked out. I think he ends up taking out Dr. Death, but in the meantime, the Riddler basically takes over all of Gotham. He's turned off the every generator, basically blocked off Gotham from the rest of the world, and has taken over in what is now known as Zero Year. And every day, he asks people riddles and stuff like that, and Batman, in this time, had just fully started to actually don the costume. And so it's a very interesting take because of that and putting the Riddler as like this big villain now was just one of my favorite things about the book. Overall, that whole run, I would recommend to anybody who wants to get back into Batman who has like a basic understanding of the character from the Court of Owls to Death in the Family, which is Death of the Family, not Death in the Family, which is a great, it's a good Joker story. I like the, they don't really take it as far as they could, but it's still cool. Then you get to, I think, zero years right after that. Five, four, five. I think six, they have like a a thing right before in-game, like a little small story called like Graveyard Shift. And in-game, which is just a big honking event of Joker coming back and almost becoming like, he's he's very seen as almost like, lives forever like if you've seen it chapter two he's like pennywise kind of that batman starts to notice that joker has almost been around for forever a long time and so because of that um he they end up going in and joker ends up coming back but this time he's way more brutal than before just takes over all the crime family and like is gonna he basically, I think at one point he Joker, yeah, that's the one he Joker toxins the whole Justice League, and Batman has to fight the Justice League, and Joker's just taking over the city, just making everything go crazy, till eventually they have their final fight where they both almost die. They both end up surviving, obviously, because if they died, <laughs> you would have no more comics, and people would complain. So, but it looks like at the end of the book that yes, Joker had been living forever, and that Batman basically prevented him. But it, it was never said canon-wise if he did. It was just alluded to 
that. And like he almost became like a boogeyman. I have the version of Endgame. I actually own it. Of called the Joker Endgame, where it's not just it's not it's it's the straight up story. Plus, on top of that, you have a bunch of like back issues and side issues where you get to see how other members of the Bat family and like horror stories of like this Joker character. They really Scott Snyder really developed this kind of like mystique around the Joker, which I really liked. I like the idea of like just not just doing the Joker, like making him more brutal, making him you know, that scary that we kind of know now and making him like uh, even more unpredictable than he already was. Like, I mean, imagine if the Joker had been around forever, that he could live forever, that Batman could never defeat him. It, you know, it was a cool concept, but overall, I definitely think getting back to the point, zero year definitely has a heavy influence. I don't think the Riddler is going to take over Gotham city or anything like in the movie, it looks like, if anything, like, he gets captured and he escapes and stuff like that, but I think he will, he will be a very heavy character, character-wise, he's gonna, it's gonna be very similar to Zero Year. I think that should be the it for the coverage for now, um, overall, I would look, when going to see the film, I would look for those aspect, um, aspects of the film going into it I would if you want and you you know it's your choice if you read some of these and you pick up on any of it feel free to text me on my Instagram at Davis Logan Hurston or on Twitter L Hurston that's E-L-H-U-R-S-T-O-N um all these books I, except for Ego I'm not certain about Ego but I know all of the other ones can be found on Comicsology. Dot com if you get a subscription there or um, they might be you might be able to buy them or um, be able to read them on DC Unlimited I'm sure if they're smart they probably would do that but you know it's DC um, but I'm in a, I'm having a problem honestly logging in my comicsology um, normally uh, they've they've repositioned Comixology from the app it used to be. Amazon's like trying to integrate a new app, and I know mine's linked to my Amazon, but for some reason I cannot log in and confirm these things with you, which kind of sucks, because like that was like a big kicker for like half my show, and now I'm going in kind of blind. So not not the best <laughs> not the best way to start off a show. Might be a shorter episode because honestly, I don't think I have enough material for two hours. I mean, we're definitely going over an hour, boys. Like, there ain't no doubt. But um, if not, we might get a little shorter episode this week. But speaking of that, I'm gonna try to figure this out. Um, maybe go to an ad break. Maybe a four-minute ad break. We'll see. I need to make up for some time, so I will be back. So I'm back. I. I'm just finally logged in to my uh, Comixology account. If you don't know, we'll go ahead and get into the segment I've been meaning to do for weeks. For a lot of you out here, probably don't actually, you know, know, may not actually read comics. You may just watch films, you may watch movies, you may not know, you may want to, or you may not, or you may not know where to start. And I'm going to give the best recommendation on how to get into comic books as possible as I can. First of all, it depends on what you want to do. If you want to get your comics physical, 
I would recommend three things. Around Auburn, I'm going to be honest, if you live here and you're listening to this, you're out of luck. There's not a good, as I know of, the library here in Auburn campus obviously does not have comics. I have yet to go to the public library. I will probably do that soon and get back to you on that. But I know there is no comic book store anywhere close to Auburn that you can buy new comic books from, from the store or just get new issues, like a new current run, which really sucks. Which means if you're going to have to get it and you want a physical, you're going to have to order it and have it shipped to it you the day it comes out, which is not an easy task to say the least. So that's not good. Um, if you're just looking for graphic novels, I know you can go to Books A Million Opelika, Books Million and Barnes and Noble both have a great selection of comics, especially for new readers um, who has never picked up anything or barely anything. It's a very welcoming selection. It's a little overpriced. You're not going to find a lot of rare stuff there, but you'll find a lot of good popular books, and they're popular for a reason that you'll be able to buy. Um, I That's where I got my start. I would go to Books Million. I kind of transitioned to Barnes and Noble. And now I go there every once in a blue moon if I don't have, you know, if I have some extra money lying around or really want to buy a book or maybe something new comes out. They always get their new releases most of the time. So that's good for like graphic novels at least. So that's good. If you want to buy online, I would recommend going through Amazon. You normally can get a bunch of good deals there if you're buying it physically. You know, obviously with Prime, it ships right to your door. You know, free if you have that. Um... Amazon is a very good option for buying it online and getting shipped to you. But ultimately, what I'd recommend most is we really, if you want the art form of comics to continue and you want the industry to do well, I would recommend trying to buy most of your stuff from actual comic vendors because they don't make too much money unless you're in a big city. I've seen many in my short, very short time reading and collecting comics maybe a decade if that i've seen many create um shops come and go in tuscaloosa and auburn and in especially in mobile i've known of like five or six in the whole time in the time i was living in mobile eight or nine years that have gone away it's a very sad thing because it's like you know for all those guys those are dreams open a comic book shop i get a you know, share what I love with other people when, you know, just sometimes wherever you're at, there's not a market for it. Um, I know if you're living in Tuscaloosa, I know we hate that town over here in Auburn, but I used to live pretty close to it. There is a good comic book shop called The Comic Strip. Um, I would highly recommend it. They have a lot of what you already want. Like, basically, they'll have everything you have in a Barnes & Noble plus more. You have the average collection of back issues, the dollar issues that are just random lying around. You have current issues always each Wednesday they get their new ones in. Variety of collectibles. A bunch of um, graphic novels and paperbacks that you will not find very often anywhere else because they go out of print or just they're not popular so people don't buy them. But of course, you know, comic book shop buy one of every you know new print or a couple so I found I've had a lot of fun there. I've bought a lot of books there. I actually bought Ego, the one I was talking about before, from there. Um, but if you do not care about physical, like having your books physical, um, I would recommend 
doing comiXology. Uh, you've heard me mention it kind of in a bad way earlier this show because I've had having trouble with it as of recently because they have switched over from their old app. But overall, I say it's a very, very, very good subscription service. I might have to check because I don't, I'm not seeing, I know there's DC stuff because, um, that I can, uh, read on here for Comixology Unlimited, but it has, it has a lot of options and they, it's, it's like if Netflix and Disney plus and HBO max were rolled up into one for a comic book streaming service, um, the good thing is it's partnered with Amazon, so you can log in through your Amazon account. It is so there's three comic book services that I know of that you can read digitally, and it's almost like a Netflix. There's Marvel Unlimited, um, DC Universe, and Comicsology. DC may have changed theirs now. I know it used to be Universe, but Marvel Unlimited and DC Universe is going to run you between ten dollars a month to twelve dollars a month. Um, DC Universe, you get a little bit more, you get, like, I know you used to get a bunch of their, like, streaming shows where Titans or Doom Patrol originally started and Swamp Thing, but I think it kind of dysfunctioned, it's just a comic book side now. Um, Marvel Unlimited says Unlimited, but I know you don't get everything. I don't think either of them, you get all the comics they've ever put out, because if you did that, then what are you going to pay for it? So they, you know, they increasingly put it. But the reason I like Comixology is, one, it's the cheapest. It's like 5 or $6 a month. So it's like one meal, one meal a month. You get unlimited access to all these books. You can download 50 at a time, which is a lot. Um, especially because you're not going to read 50 at a time. In the year, I got I decided to try Comixology for my birthday. I got it for a year. Um, so like 60 bucks, Or no, 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 that's like 70 bucks. But anyway... I have never read as much comics I read in that year as an... I've never read as much as I've read in that year, to say the least. <laughs> Sorry, my words are a little wonky there, but uh, it's very great. It's a great service. It has a lot of Marvel and a lot of DC. Everything you would want, especially as like a new reader, um, it's super user-friendly. If you have that unlimited check mark on it, it means you can download it and get it for free. Um... It's the way they've set up how you read comics. Ultimately, I really don't prefer digital comics. I've always preferred having it in person. I actually have a sack of six comics sitting right beside me right now for my um, character study I'm going to do later on the show. But Comixology does. It is, if I have to read it digitally, I'm completely fine with it on there because the way they've set it up digitally is it's it's very good for new readers. You go straight up panel for panel as as you read. Like you don't go that full play, page where you have to zoom in and it's hard to read. They get it to where like there is no zooming in. You're gonna be able to read it crystal clear. And at the end, after you go each panel for panel, they're gonna zoom out and you're gonna see the whole like if you have a splash page, you get to see like the whole splash page and then you zoom in on the panels you're supposed to read in order. They have done it very well. They're kind of, I forget what they call it um, for like when you read that style, but they have it. But they have, whatever they did, they do it very well. Um, you can now also read it while you download, which is pretty hype. Um, 
I think it's, yeah, it's called Guided View. Um, it's a very cinematic experience, and you can double tap to exit the page. Um, um, it's a very I would I would I think it's a great way to read the books. Um, ultimately, it's very like cinematic, especially for like a lot of readers who will um be reading books. And, like, who have not touched comics before, who have not, like, learned how to read it panel by panel, which is very tricky because each book does it a little bit differently. It is a very easy way to read it. Um, The other thing that's great about Comixology is it's got... It's so cheap. It's so... Not only is it cheap for the subscription service, but they're constantly running deals on their website for, like, the books that aren't on the subscription service. Like, let me tell you. If I am going to buy a new trade paperback of any run, it's going to cost me between, at cheapest, probably 17 bucks, At most expensive, probably 20 to 25 for about five issues. Which is, you know, it's a book. It's good. The great thing about it is because you're not buying the book, that price goes drastically down. Max you're going to have to pay for issues like 10 maybe 11 bucks. And most of the time, even as like almost as they come out, like maybe a week later they're on sale for like three bucks. I bought all the new Daredevil run when it came out up to like what they had for like trade paperbacks, like right before the Electra point where where Electra took over. I bought all of those when they came out for less than ten bucks for like three or four paperbacks, which is so cheap. And especially because like you're never gonna get that physically. You are never going to get that price tag. The only time they're the same price is if you're going to buy it same day as release digitally as physically. That's the only reason I would say buy it physical over. Because, like, if you're going to be spending that money, 4 or $5 an issue, you might as well buy it physically then, you know, and have something worth something than buy it digitally where, you know, in the future it will not be worth anything. Let's just start making combo like NFTs or something like that. A price it just can't beat. Um, the selection is incredible. You get most Marvel events that come out like the year after they come out. I know the last one I saw was War of the Realms, which is a pretty recent event. Um, but like all the big time events get on there pretty soon after release. Not like instantly, but like you wait a year or so. Yeah, there's a constant stream of new Marvel. They've, I don't know what deal they've done with Marvel, but there's a constant stream of a lot of good new Marvel books if you want to get into that. They have a lot of older books that are also great. They have a limited selection of, like, early 2000s. Sorry for the yawn. Um, So, like, that may hurt some if you want to go back and read that era. But, like, it's still pretty good. DC, they have a lot of the great books. They're missing some. but They have a lot of obscure ones, too. So, like, for me, as, like, an avid reader, and at that point, I owned over hundreds of, you know, graphic novels, back issues, stuff like that. It was like stepping in a whole new world. And the other thing that beats it is like, look, you're not going to want to just read Marvel. You're not going to want to just read DC. You got them both there. Plus, you got the independence, which is just the independent part is just absolutely killer. Like they have, I think, 10 paperbacks of Saga. I know they have 10 of Invincible, which is like almost half the run. They have half of the boys run. Every time, um, Amazon puts out like a new comic book show on Prime. 
they get it on Comixology, and you're going to be able to read it there. I know you can read all the Lord of the Rings stuff. They have, a, like, a whole tab, say, as seen on TV, so you can pick up from what you've watched on the TV and straight. It's very easy to navigate. It's not like the... It could be cleaner. There is some problems with it. It's not, like, the fastest um, thing, but I think they're fixing that with the new update. Um... I am having a little bit of problems with it so far of navigating, figuring out what's on Unlimited and what's not. But I know it's it's a very it's a very good app. We'll see how the new update goes because they did just integrate it completely. Where like you can't just have a Comicsology gap. you have to have an Amazon Prime account and go through there, which I was doing already. So ultimately, that didn't affect much. But as it seems, I don't think any downloads have been taken off, and I'm pretty sure they still have Dark Knight Returns and. I don't know. I don't think they might have ego. Sorry for the yawn again. They might have ego. They might not. Um. But I know they have. Uh, they it's a it's a cool looking interface now. I'll say that. Um. Let me see. Let me see if it because I know some of these books have been on there, and. They may have an option now that would be a lot cleaner where you can just straight up buy the book, which would be awesome. They may not. Um, we'll get back to it later. I'll probably talk to it more after the break, but we're reaching the 45-minute mark, so we're going to go ahead and hop on to our next ad break. Yo, 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 I am back. Um, I did go look at the Comixology app more on the break. It is very, they've changed the layout of it. Especially like the discovering the new books, I did notice they have taken certain. For the first time ever, I've noticed they have taken. I guess they've ran out of a deal a little bit with DC because I know Year One and um, Long Halloween and other ones, um, maybe even Ego, were on Comicsology at some point, but now they are not, um, which sucks. But they're still super cheap. You can buy them online if you don't want to. Um, parents suppose, but they do have year two, which I haven't read, and you know Matt Reeves said inspired this movie, so I might go ahead and read that this week, maybe on the weekend at some point if I have time, and give you a little review right before the movie and tell you, hey, it's worth reading, because we will be doing next week. I will be having, I'll probably discuss more of the Batman. We might have my friend Adrian on, maybe we'll see, um, but we're gonna go see it that night. Um, probably one of the first ones to see it. 7 o'clock, March 3rd. Got a day for release. Very excited about that. Um, but yeah, definitely, If I would urge you, if you want to get into comics around Auburn and you don't want to pay for it physically, because, you know, we're all, most of the people who are going to listen to this, I would assume, are go to Auburn at some point or have a friend at Auburn. And are college students with a very limited budget. So... Comixology is the best bang for your buck comic book subscription service with a lot of cheap deals. I mean, everything's on deal. I've gotten so many books cheap. I think I've got, like, all of the Ultimates run for, like, $2 a pop, like, for a book, which was, like, super cheap. But, yeah, I would recommend Comixology. I think we're finally going to stop dilly-dallying here and get into those... Um, character study books I talked about that I said oh you know the start of the show I brought it out like 50 times but yeah definitely character study wise for Batman give a quick little rundown again year one 
Um, sorry if you heard that. I took a little sip of water. That's why there was a little pause there. Year one, definitely, if you want a character introspective of specifically Batman, early Batman, that's a great book. If you want older Batman, I would go Dark Knight Returns. Both of these written by Frank Miller. Both of those great, fantastic job. Um, I would say the early Court of Owls run done by, uh, I think, Court of Owls and Night of the Owls done by early Scott Snyder is a great run to understand, like, a seasoned Batman, not old, not young, in the in his prime, dealing with, like, a very new, very un an enemy that he does not understand. It's very, you can see like Batman almost get kind of broken. It's very similar to Bane in that sense. That's a good one. Long Halloween, if you're looking for more of a villain like Two-Face, understanding him, that is a great character study, what makes him him. And what just character study for Gotham in general, like the town, how it breathes. It ends with the great, oh, I believe in Gotham, I believe in Harvey Dent line. Which, if you don't understand, I would recommend you read that book. I'm not going to spoil the ending that far, but, man, it's great. Um, for something other than Batman, because I'm sure you're tired of hearing me talk about Batman. Um, for more DC, I would say The New Frontier. It's my second favorite comic book you've probably heard in the first episode. I would super, 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 super recommend that like, if you want to read just any comic book, just a, just like a one-off. Like you don't want to read a series. You just want to pick up stuff. That's good. That's one I would super recommend. That's a great character study on Green Lantern, surprisingly. I would say Green Lantern is the mainly the main character of this book. And you kind of understand how how Jordan operates in his mindset. And you get under you get to go deep into what makes how Jordan great and what makes him just like almost like the doubt within himself. It's a very good book. Very, very, very good book. With also featuring like all DC characters throughout the multiverse. You have a good focus on the Martian Manhunter, John Johns. Um, you get a little bit of the Flash in there. You get the Trinity, obviously, of Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman. You get a little bit of Batman, a little bit of Wonder Woman, a little bit more of Superman. You get to use a lot of characters that um, you just don't see in um, comics as they were during that era of the 50s and 60s. You get, like, Our Man represents the old JSA. You get um, references to the Challengers of the Unknown, which I've been meaning to pick up a book for that. That was written by, I think, Jeff Lowe himself very early on. Um, this was written by Darwin Cook in one of his greatest master strokes. He also wrote Eagle, which I mentioned earlier in the show. Darwin Cook, he had passed away, I think, either last year or the year before amazing writer and artist quite possibly he might be my favorite i don't know frank miller's up there her writer and artist but man darwin cook is just his art just looks so good that's one thing i'll say about frank miller i like Frank Miller's art a lot but there were some of it that just looked real clunky because of the time but i mean darwin cook's art always looks so pristine so stylized it was always just popping it was like you were looking at like one of those 1950s ads they would always put out or like, you know, the cartoons they put out in the 50s. It was very, it was very well done. Um, but yeah, I would recommend you pick that up. You also get to see like, I mean, I would say, no one's going to care about this character study, but even at the start of it, you get to see the Losers character study 
a group of DC characters that were just made for the war. And man, and quite, I mean, it, it, it's the first like 20 pages of this book. It's just a very short story about the losers and the end of them. And it, and it might be my favorite part of the book. It, like it almost makes me cry looking at it. It's so beautiful. But, uh, yeah, I'd recommend that. Um, sticking to DC, I have a lot of DC. I think literally out of the stack, I have one Marvel and like five DCs, but there are Marvel good character studies. I just haven't gotten to them because I don't own a lot of them physically, but big seeking with DC, all star Superman, Maybe the best character save for Superman ever. Uh, it's up there. It's one of it might be my favorite Superman book ever. It's up there. There's a lot of there's there's a lot of good Superman books, but this is one for graphic novel wise that completely understands Superman. Superman gets supercharged after going around the sun, doing one of his missions, and basically has a year to live because he has sun poisoning. His cells are just almost exploding on themselves, but he's also like the most powerful he's ever been. And so what does Superman do with that year, with those 12 months? And it's a very it's a very beautiful, touching tale. I was talking about it earlier in the studio with Cameron, um, another Weagle marketer. I don't think he has a show, but he probably, I expect him to be coming on this show soon. We might talk about that again. It's a very, very, very beautiful story. Um, All-Star Superman. It, it is one of the greatest like runs. Grant Morrison... The Stroke of Genius here. The Art is Great by Frank Quietly. Or maybe pronouncing that right. Yeah, Quietly. 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 If I'm pronouncing your name wrong and you hear this for some reason, Frank, I'm sorry. <laughs> but, yeah, it's the art is done amazingly. You get to see very, like, just Superman being Superman. Because the thing about Superman fundamentally, this is what I get for, like, DC's heroes, and this is the problem I have with some of the films, is, you know, a lot of people say, oh, you can write it in so many different ways, and yeah, you can, but fundamentally, when you get down to the core of these characters, there's, like, really, like, the one way they're described, like, there's, like, certain rules they have, and Superman's is that he is all good, like, he is just the epitome of being good, and, like, you get to see throughout this book, you get to see Superman deal with gods, you know. At the same time, his simple love for Lois Lane. You get to see when Lex Luthor just go and ham on Superman and him ultimately not caring. Him just finding the good in everything. Him preventing a girl from committing suicide. It's just, it's a very touching book. Superman trying to do everything he can do right before he has to go. And he ends up, spoiler alert, also, you can watch the animated movie. DC has made an animated movie of this. He doesn't die, all right? He goes into the sun and tries to, like, rework it, but ends up, like, not technically dying. But it's a very good book. You can see Lex Luthor actually gets your man's powers at one point, getting, cracking the code, and him, like, oh, my gosh, this is what he has to go through every day. It's incredible. It's insane. Like, you get to see his perspective on it. Um... And sticking with the last DC one, I well no, I have two more in the stack. Um, another great Superman introspective. I might hit like three or four Superman ones because there's there's a lot of good Superman character studies. One that's like overall good character study for that and DC as a whole is Kingdom Come, written by Mark Wade, and art by the incredible, illustrious my my favorite comic book artist of all time, Alex Ross. He draws characters so realistic, it's it's insane. Um, 
and this one is the older Superman. It's Superman after the world has decided, you know what? You kind you kind of suck, bro. Your your style of heroing, not killing the villain, is lame. And you get to see the ramifications of that, and you get to see the ramifications of these new heroes that are not even like they draw the line between hero and villain. And it's it's a very on the nose tale. The combat, the kind of '90s style that was going on at the time, of where like the villains, the heroes would kill. There'd be like very little different from the villains, and so because of that, um, Mark Wade wrote this with incredible art by. Um, oh, oh! Hopefully that doesn't pick up. Looks like the music decided it wanted to play because it's been an hour since I've touched that dial. So, but anyway. You got a little bit of music there for you guys, but it's a very good introspective on what makes a hero a hero. Very good character study on that and the DC heroes as a whole, and especially Superman as he has a decision. It's very biblical in the way it goes. You have like the old versus the new, the non-powered heroes versus the almighty, the gods versus man kind of thing with like the specter being incredibly included with a, as he takes this like innocent pastor and makes him like basically the witness to all of this conflict happening in the superhero world as Superman comes back from retirement and ends up like fighting all the heroes slash really villains. It's a very good tale. Um, I would highly recommend it to anyone. It's one of the best DC epics, and this is like why DC. This is DC style writing. It's very like it's epic style. They write it like, like the Odyssey and like Homer and stuff like that. And so, that's a very good character study on Superman. And I think we're gonna go to a break. We might end early today. It depends on how much longer I talk about these character studies, but we're gonna see. But we're gonna go ahead and hit a PSA. Whoop whoop. What up? We are back. Um, let's go ahead and, oh, it's the top of the hour. Do you know what that means? That means it's time for a... You may have hoodwinked everyone else in this backwater town, but you can't fool me. I listen to public radio. Auburn! W-E-G-L! Yeah, we'll probably cut that out in post... Um, we do not care. Anyway, let's get back to our <laughs> let's get back to our character character studies and comics. Um, go ahead and jump in. Kingdom Come was great. I have one more DC for real this time out of the stack in front of me. I'm gonna go ahead and go into my comicsology and my lists and stuff like that and think about it a little bit more. But um, Mister Miracle, the modern character study. By the man who may be the master of character studies, Tom King. Tom King is a writer who is kind of controversial, if I'm going to be honest. He does a lot of things right and does a lot of things wrong. I think he is great in a 12-issue miniseries format. I currently own four books by him. I've read five or six. Um, Out of those five or six, he he, he basically wrote Mr. Miracle back in 2016. Got the Eisner Award. It was a very well done. Him and Mitch Gerard's great art. And it fundamentally redefined Mr. Miracle. Someone who had barely been used in the last couple of years. And showed him as a character. What makes him tick. The man who can escape anything. Who 
Can he escape death? Can he escape the confines of apocalypse and the 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 pain he had to suffer through the hands of dark side? Now he has to go back and fight this war as a general and go back and, and at the same time him and his wife Big Barda are having a kid and it's just like he also has dealing with the ramifications of war and being on a planet and also being possibly under the anti-life equation as everyone almost always except for Big Barda like barards him um, it's a very well done story I loved it it fundamentally understands Mr. Miracle and um, Dark Side to a way I've never really thought about. Um, also, anybody listening wants to call in, we're going to test out the line again. 334-844-9345. I'll repeat that. That is 334-844-9345 or WEGL if you're feeling fancy. But... um. He, he very much understands Mr. Miracle. If that's one of the most the best character studies I've ever read, um, the art is incredible. He understands Dark Side too. As just he just you know why you know a lot of people want to get to the point of why is Dark Side evil, and the fact is just it's Dark Side is, and you and it's very and the art, and the and the panels are, it's very done in this nine panel style. Where a lot of times, like, you just won't even have, like, sometimes there won't, it'll be the same panel over and over, but you can just feel those moments. It lets the moments sink in. It lets those, you know, I can't handle this anymore. He almost kills himself at the start of the book trying to escape death, quote unquote, because he's the man who can escape anything. He is scot free. He is Mr. Miracle. But what, if, what happens when the miracle runs out? What happens when. He's dealt with this almost impossible force of defeating the guy that, like, the justice that, like, Superman can barely defeat, you know. And it's just him who has to fight, you know. His kind of one, not, like, one-man army, but, like, fight this, like, incredible war on top of, you know, trying to basically become an apparent, trying to live his own life. It's war he never even asked for. This life he didn't ask for. Because if you don't know about Mr. Miracle is... He is, you know, he's technically Darkseid's adopted son, but he's really not. Basically, the new gods and the, is Darkseid's a new god. They made the deal, Orion and Olympus, or wherever he's at, on wherever the new gods part is. Basically made a deal of peace between him and Darkseid to stop the war. They traded sons. So Darkseid's son is Orion and is raised by, um... What's the dad's name? I'm drawing a blank. But is raised by Mr. Miracle's dad. Um, Orion is. And basically, you get to see um, how much it changes him. Because it's like, you know. Here, I'm almost to it. But you get to see how, like, he never asked for this. He was tortured for, like, most of his life until he escaped to Earth. Um, and Orion's just absolute jerk. Oh, High Father. High Father's the name of his dad. And so you can see, like, the ramifications of that on, like, his life and how he deals with it, along with the only big bard who also escaped Apocalypse. It's a very, very, very well-done story. Going to a Marvel aspect, finally, all you Marvel true believers out there finally clamoring for this. Going into my, possibly my favorite character, character ever daredevil 
I mean, anything written by Daredevil and Frank Miller is a great character study, but if I'm going to have to pick one specifically um, that I have on me, it's going to be Born Again. Born Again, of course, adapted in Season 3 of Daredevil. Um, gets it's, it's what happens when you push this character to its limits. When Matt Murdock has everything go wrong for him. He, for, he gets fired from his job. Um, he lose, He apparently has committed tax fraud. He gets his house taken away. Blown up, actually. Um, his friends stop talking to him. Not intentionally, but like because of other ways. Basically, everything that can go wrong in Matt Murdock's life does because Wilson Fisk ends up finding out Daredevil is through Karen Page, who is a drug addict, and sells... Daredevil's name to like some drug guy for drugs ends up going all the way to Fisk and him just ruining and and you get to see like how the toll it takes on Daredevil you get to see Matt Murdock at his worst at like accused of being a drunk like basically homeless living on the side of the street um finds out Fisk did it because of he left his signature on it basically after blowing up his home, his building, the only thing you can see in the rubble is the Daredevil costume. And so, already beaten, bruised, just everything gone wrong from his life, hungry, starving, dehydrated, he pushed to his mortal limits, goes to fight Fisk, and just gets destroyed. Fisk ends up not killing him and by his bare hands, he just wanted that on him. Instead, Puts him in a cab car already unconscious and tries to drown him. But Matt's a fighter. He never gives up. Just the great the great portion of him escaping. And basically becoming homeless. Living on the side of the street. Soaking wet. In the cold. Um, and basically the book after that. He ends up getting taken into the church. Um, and they heal him up a little bit. And then he basically has to put his life back together piece by piece um he almost turns on all of his friends he accuses them of being in leagues with fisk um and now he has to put his life back together put daredevil back together um he ends up forgiving karen page and loving her and it's just oh my oh my goodness it's just an amazing an amazing book it is incredible. I would re- I recommend it to anyone. Um, but definitely if you're looking for a Daredevil character study, you get to see Daredevil stripped down, beaten, bruised to an inch of his life and him put it back together. I don't know if there's any book that's like more fitting for a character study than Born Again. I also, if you want to read some more Daredevil, I'd recommend... Everything in the Frank Miller run um, during the 80s where he basically redefined him, basically created Kingpin and Elektra during that time and redefined. Um, he redefined, what's the bullseye? There's a lot of good introspective issues in that run. One where Daredevil loses his senses and has, loses his, like, his, his radar sense and stuff and has to like learn it back by like stick and has to confront his past demons and stuff like that there's another one 
where it goes on the differences between Daredevil and Bullseye and why Daredevil will never kill. Or during, he basically, Daredevil tells a story to a Bullseye who's basically comatose. He's in a coma. He can't really move. Um, or I, I don't know if it's his body. Get a little bit of JP action outside the door, outside the studio right now. But basically, he's in this comatose state and kind of in a coma. I don't know technically, or if he's just like basically paralyzed, can't move. Daredevil comes in there with a freaking revolver. And they start playing Russian roulette back and forth and back and forth. While Daredevil tells Bullseye the story of this little kid who adored um, Daredevil and hated Bullseye and would watch the tape of their fight and how it psychologically affects the kid and how basically he ends up... Um, he, he Matt Murdock's representing his dad. He ends up taking the kid out to like jump around because he's like he's got like a stutter and stuff like that. Well, his dad was actually a bad dude and was harboring money, and Daredevil stops him. But of course, his son sees that and has like a mental breakdown because his Daredevil's his hero, but his dad can't be bad because his dad's like his world. He is the authority figure. And goes kind of crazy and at the same time is getting bullied and brings a gun to school and almost shoots a kid. I think he does shoot a kid, but he ends up surviving. And so Daredevil thinks about the influence he has on, you know, the world. These kids who see him every day beat up these people. And so he ends up going um, to Bullseye and is like, man, this influence we have, we, we got to stop this. We got to, you know. And they end up playing Russian Roulette, and they get to the last bullet. It's Bullseye's turn. He pulls that gun at him. Clink. And Daredevil says, you know, I thought about it. How much I want to kill you, I can't. Because when I fight, even in my gun, there are no bullets. There was no bullets in the gun. There was no danger this whole time. But, like, you don't know that, man. He goes there. It, it, it's maybe my favorite issue Daredevil ever. Great character study. See if I can find my top twenty comics, and I know I got a lot more character studies than this. But while we're waiting on that, we'll go ahead and head to a break. Whoop whoop. Um, I know you guys love the ads. I've been adding you up today, especially that four minute ad break I did. That was hype. <laughs> All right, I will see you in two minutos. I'm back, and earlier I talked about um Tom King. Being the king of character studies, which I will take back. But I still think, I'll go ahead and talk about him a little bit more. He did a great run called Visions, which dealt with Vision and his need for a family. And like, as you see the android adapt and stuff, and you get to see the characters and you understand why Vision does this. He moves away. He almost becomes like a politician in the capital. And like the ramifications of him and Scarlet Witch's relationship and the end of that relationship, sorry, I just kind of headbutted the mic a little bit, so if you heard that, sorry, um, it's, it's a very good run, I'd give it a solid, like, it, 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 that's one of my favorites of his, he also does stuff that isn't, isn't great, he did Heroes in Crisis, personally, did not like, um, at all, I hated it, I did not like, I like the concept of the superheroes having therapy, I feel like it was done really weak, especially, like, kind of wasted. Booster Golden then didn't really do anything. Harley really didn't do anything. And then you made Wally West the murderer. So, fun, 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 fun. Especially when he murdered his, like, best friend. 
Like, come on now. Like, for no reason. It didn't make sense. Um, I currently am reading two character studies by um, um, Strange Adventures, which is kind of like the sequel, Mr. Miracle. It's a very similar vein. Um, so far, I like it a lot. It deals with the mystery of, basically, <laughs> if we're going to trial um, Mr. Adam's... No, did I say Mr. Miracle? I said Mr. Miracle again, didn't I? No, I've been reading Adam Strange, sequel Mr. Miracle, if I didn't say that right. Maybe I didn't. Uh, who knows? Can't go back and listen right now. But basically he's getting like tried for war crimes for like the speculation of the public, um, which is fun. <laughs> war crimes are great. Whoop, whoop. Um, but yeah, that's a cool book. Uh, he's wrote a Rorschach book, which I heard is good. I own it. I have not read it yet. Um, and right now he's writing Human Target, which... Um, I am excited for. I'm going to pick it up when it comes out in paperback. I don't have any means of getting it physically now, issue by issue, so I won't. Um, also done, I think, art by either Doc Schrainer or Mitch Gerards, which is a great artist. Um, I think it's Mitch Gerards. Um, he also did a whole, like, 100-issue run on Batman, which I heard was not great. So, he's, like, hit and miss. There's a lot of good stuff he does. There's some that are just not good. So... But the actual kings, kings of character studies, the the series they've done at Marvel, they did, is Jeff Loeb, Tim Sale. They wrote one called Superman Kryptonite I own, have not read. If I end up reading it this week, eventually I finally stop procrastinating me reading it. And it's a good character study. I'll come back to it next week, just like I may do Batman Year 2. Um, but they do a great... They did the great, obviously, Batman Long Halloween and Dark Victory, which is great character studies on Batman's villains and Batman in general, and, like, Dick Grayson and why he needs a sidekick in the second one and the whole crime family. He does... They are the great team behind Daredevil Yellow, Spider-Man Blue, Captain America White, Hulk Gray, all great character studies that go back to the early years of these characters, and you're really going to understand from, like, a future perspective. It's them... Each one is them kind of going back. Like, with Cap, it's him thinking about Bucky and thinking about the back in the old days and what went wrong and what he could change. It's a very good story. I own that. I've read Daredevil Yellow multiple times. I read it in the library and I read it again. Red Spider-Man Blue, very good. Him thinking back to the Gwen Stacy days. I've not read Hulk Gray. I am sure it's good. I've been meaning to get around to it. But sadly, I've never found it in the library and have not bought it. And I have not found it in the store, honestly. Um, very sad. But I'm sure it's a great character in, um, study. Each one of those is taking those early years and really, really diving into what makes those characters great. Oh, they're all so good. Daredevil yells great. It did the early years of him. He fights like the Purple Man. It goes over the origin again. His whole love with Karen Page and the sadness when he has to leave her. To finally rest, you know, let her go. Same with Spider-Man Blue, when he's just the whole time just going back that day, going back on the anniversary of that day, the top of that bridge with those roses, just thinking about Gwen Stacy and what he could have done, what they could have done to stop it. Those guys have, if if you want character study books that just dive into the character and early aspects and what makes them them. Especially with like kind of the Stanley esque like approach of like going back to those type of stories, 
I would recommend any book that has like like Daredevil Yellow, Spider-Man Blue, Hulk Gray, and Captain America White. If they have a name of a character and a color, probably means it's written by Jeff Loeb and Tim Salen's character perspective. I think they're going to do another one soon. Hopefully. They do a great job. Plus, honestly, um, Tim Sale's a little bit of controversial, apparently, around the office because Cameron says that he did not even finish The Long Halloween because he hated the art, which I personally love. I love that kind of cartoon, like, overstep into the art. Um, but other than them, we're going to go ahead and look at my list of top 20 comics because I know I have more on this. Um, you could say Watchmen is a character study of just combo characters in general. Yeah. I'd say definitely say Watchmen is a character study. of, But, like, also you kind of get introduced to those characters, so it's, like, a little bit different. I mean, those are the ones that you really... You get to really understand Dr. Manhattan. I feel like both that and Doomsday Clock is just understanding what makes Dr. Manhattan Dr. Manhattan. Same with Rorschach, especially in Watchmen. Like, you really get to understand what makes him tick and what built him why is he like this you know um great with the Rorschach test and we I can't really talk a lot about Watchmen on air because you know well it's not super clean um Hawkeye the my favorite book of all time is a great character study <laughs> I mean it basically goes into what makes Hawkeye Hawkeye and, that's, and I keep repeating this because these are what most of these character studies is it's understanding what makes their characters tick and with Hawkeye, it's his over-renting alliance to just try, just try and fit, like trying to be good, trying to be better, because he's not great, but he tries. That's his, that's his thing, like going and buying the building, a rash decision that ultimately was kind of a waste of money, but he did it for these people, um, and now he's got to protect them and stuff like that. It's a very, it's a very interesting and fun book, and it's a very, and it understand what makes Hawkeye Hawkeye and it also does the same thing for Kate Bishop and her little five mini series and you get to see like the t- trials and hardships of these characters um going back to Batman because everyone loves me talking about Batman I can't not mention Under the Red Hood one of the best Batman books of all time it's on my top 20 um especially if you've seen the animated film you know what I'm talking about or if you've read the book You've probably seen the animated film. Um, it's a very good movie. They actually like almost basically remade it with DC called Death of the Family. But especially that scene where you understand the kind of like Batman's greatest failure was Jason Todd's death. You will know this if you've read, you know, Batman books. He's always going to be feeling the benefits of that. And so this is like the the coming when Jason Todd finally comes back to life and you get to see Batman dealing with the ramifications of that and dealing with his almost the immense guilt he has and dealing with on top of that he has to stop Jason because Jason has gone off the deep end he is officially evil and so dealing Batman in like why he doesn't kill the no kill rule coming into great effect here Especially in the scene where Jason's like, you know, if, you know, it's one thing, if, you know, if you would have died, I would have looked up, you know, any killer who would have done it and I would have killed him right then. But especially this guy, like, you let everyone else live, you know, 
you let him live every time he does something. But for me, you wouldn't kill this sick, you know, son of a gun for me. Fair paraphrasing, you know. And then Batman's like, and then basically he accuses Batman of that he loves Joker. He loves this game of cat and mouse he plays. And Batman reassures him, no, gosh, no. If I, every day I think about, you know, bigging him up, torturing him, killing him, thinking how easy it was. But once he does that, he can never go back. He, he, you know, what's killing one killer to make another? You know, what's, he goes to that side and he's never going to be able to stop. Then, you know, justice will never be, you know, served. And you get to see Batman I I guess Batman wins because technically he um outdoes Jason ends up letting a Joker survive and Jason runs off. But that was a great introspective book. World War Hulk. Ooh. That's a that's a good one right there. That's that's a bingo. It's for all my uh, inglorious movie I can't finish the title of fans. Um yeah, World War Hulk again. <laughs> I could just say it. It it stretches Hulk to its limits. I won't say like fundamentally understand, but it's like makes how how do I paraphrase this? He's it's very much a book that under that lets Hulk be Hulk, but almost like a smarter aspect of him. It's him with loss, with heartbreak. Something that Hulk has, but like never really affects. When you know you've been when Bruce Banner's been on an alien world, been thrown away, and been Hulk for three years, and now has become so powerful. And then you kill his family, you kill his pregnant wife, and he comes back. He's coming back forever. He coming back for a reckoning. And sure, oh man, he gets it in this book. I mean, he destroys stuff in this book. He goes on a rampage, just destroying every Marvel hero, making them fight gladiator style, and ultimately just giving up because of the greater good because he didn't want to destroy the Earth in the end. He could have won. And the immense pain he feels and like what makes that character tick is great. The Sentry, also another great one, who also is featured in World War Hulk because it's a character of schizophrenia. And seeing the aspects of him come out, um, dealing with his two split personalities and the good and the evil of it, and almost be dealing with that nobody remembers him. It's just a great book. It's a defining book. It's Marvel's answer to Superman, but making him messed up. <laughs> um, obviously, a great character study. Invincible, I guess you could consider in character study. I don't know. There's books where you really get in the fundamentals of, like, he doesn't care. Like, you know, originally he doesn't want to kill, and then now he's like, you know, I don't care. I'm going to protect my family. You can see the evolution throughout of Mark Grayson and how he changes and how at some points you get to see that, you know, optimistic kid and it wipe away him becoming this warrior, this unstoppable, you know, force that, you know, tries to be good. But, you know, it's human at the same time. I feel like that's good. It, I mean, overall, the whole story is a great character study. But that's not one, like, you can really just pick up and read. You have to kind of read the whole thing to get the whole arc of Mark Grayson. Because, I mean, 100 and, like, 20-something issues. You know, it's a long book. Um, I think I'm going to go to break. Maybe I'll come up with something other break. And if not, 
Then I'm just gonna, you know, outro this and we'll be done. I'm gonna end a little early today. Yo, I'm back. Um, some decent ones. Throwing some out there, just in case you want any more recommendations. We go to some a lot of your favorite superhero. I think it's time for the sound bite. I heard Spider-Man was there. Spider-Man, great character study. Ooh, any of Ultimate Spider-Man, especially Death of Ultimate Death of Ultimate Spider-Man. Very sad. You understand the the quitting, the responsibility, the no quit attitude is Peter Parker. The responsibility. Um, another great, you know, I hit Spider-Man Blue earlier. Um, Life Story is a good rundown of like almost like all the history of Spider-Man. But if he was older, that responsibility he feels. Civil War has some great aspects of character, like when he feels like he's done wrong, and he switches from Tony's side. That's great. Going back to Daredevil. Um, any of the Brian Michael Bendis run. There's a lot of good character um, issues where you kind of under fundamentally understand Daredevil. All this new Chip Zdarsky run, it's great. Um, you get to understand Daredevil whenever he does wrong when he commits a crime. It's and especially with the Catholic guilt aspect when he accidentally kills a man, and like yes, he needs to keep you know protecting the city, but you know because Fisk is mayor. But it's like, it's the guilt is getting to him eventually. And eventually, you know, eats him to where he goes and willingly hands himself over to the police for prison. Um, same, The Man Without Fear, short story in between Zdarsky run and whoever did their run before him. I'll have to look that up. But that's a great, another great, um, it's another great um, read-along. It Basically, because at the end of the run before Zdarsky's, I'm looking up the guy's name right now, um, what ends up happening is he basically um, gets... Basically, after the run for the, um, before Zdarsky, he gets hit by a bus and basically loses, like, almost near-death experience after all the years of Charles Soule. That's who it was. Um, and basically gets beaten, beaten Bruce so much that he almost can't walk and can't be Daredevil anymore. And you get to see him grapple with that fact and try to crawl back and become the man he once was and become Daredevil. And that ends up leading up to the reason why he ends up accidentally killing him because he's on practice. But him, you know, almost quitting Daredevil and coming back to it also, if you want to see, like, Daredevil actually be somewhat happy for once, Mark Wade's run was great. It goes back basically everything before the um, Frank Miller run, which you really don't see now because Frank Miller's done such a great job at defining the character. If someone would go back before, you know, use the people before Frank Miller has created them and play with Daredevil in that way. And it's done really well. It's actually, like, Actually, you know, most writers take Daredevil and they just want to put him through the most pain as possible. But Mark Wade takes it another way and actually tries, you know, this character's gone through so much immense pain. It's time for him to be happy. And, you know, him try to be happy. And, you know, why does he keep going if he doesn't? And it's done very well. Um, it's a very good run. I've read most of it. Art is great. Um, and for that, right now, I think I'm <laughs> pretty much out. 
I don't think I can. I mean, there's a lot more that I'm obviously miss, but right now I'm drawing blanks on what I want to talk about. So that means that means we get into the end of our show. Thank you for listening. If you listened all the way through, dang, you're you're pretty loyal. Because let me tell you, I don't think I could listen to this all the way through. Maybe I shouldn't say that, <laughs> but I did. But um, thank you for listening. I'm gonna be back next week. Maybe I'll go two hours next time. Definitely going over an hour. I cannot. I gotta talk, bro. But um, yeah, we're gonna probably talk about the Batman. Maybe I'll find another topic. Maybe I'll have some people come in. We'll talk about stuff. And definitely the week after um, spring break. Basically, we're going to have next week, March 3rd. I'm going to hype up the Batman a little bit more right before I see it. You probably can see my thoughts on Instagram. We're going to go no podcast the week after spring break. And then the week after that, we'll be doing our Batman coverage. And then we'll basically be in the middle way of March and getting ready for Moon Knight and Doctor Strange and into the thick of it. You know, maybe there'll be some more news at that point so I can talk about stuff instead of, you know, basically drawing blanks because nothing has came out in the last week or two. Really, no shows, no movies. I mean, we can talk about the games a little bit. Um, I Actually, I don't think there's any news for the games. There's no news. There's nothing to talk about. That's why I kind of had to come up with this um, character study episode because I thought it would be an interesting concept, especially after it got my mind running after Oscar Isaac made that comment so without further ado this nice is me i'm signing off i will see you next week thank you for listening to multiversal if you're listening live and miss some of the show you can find reruns of this in every episode wherever you listen to podcasts you can follow weagle underscore au on instagram for updates on this show and everything else we have to offer on weagle if you have an idea for the show you can DM me on Instagram at DavisLoganHerson or Twitter at LHerson. Tune in next week for another episode of Multiversal. See you, chump.